Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the movies that we're most looking forward to over the holidays. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm a senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film senior writer Brad Oman. Hello, that's me. All right, Brad. So uh, the news is a little weak today, uh, not very much going on, but you had this great idea to talk about the movies that we're most looking forward to seeing over the upcoming holidays. So I think the easiest way for us to do this is I've listed a bunch of movies here in the show notes. Um, so you can at any point while you're listening to this, click over and, and read these if that uh, helps you process what's going on here. But I think the easiest way is just for me to run down this list and give like the very, very most basic information about each of these movies, just so people have a sense of what the hell we're talking about. And then you and I can go through and pick, you know, a handful of these movies that we're uh, most interested in and explain why. So uh, does that sound reasonable to you? Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. So I'll try to be quick with this. So uh, here we go. The Power of the Dog. This is Jane Campion's new movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch and a bunch of other great people. It's coming to Netflix later this year. Tick, Tick, Boom is a musical directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda starring Andrew Garfield, also coming to Netflix. Ghostbusters Afterlife, the long-awaited sequel to Ghostbusters 2 that is coming to theaters very, very soon. King Richard, the uh, biopic of t- uh, Venus and Serena Williams' father. Uh, Will Smith stars in that movie. It's coming to HBO Max, I think, this week. Uh, Come On, Come On is a, a black-and-white movie directed by Mike Mills that stars Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Belfast is another black-and-white movie directed by uh, who, Kenneth Branagh about his childhood in uh, Northern Ireland, I believe. Uh, the Lost Daughter is directed by Mag- Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's going to be coming to Netflix later this year. Uh, Encanto is, uh, now I'm trying to remember, is it Pixar or Walt Disney Animation, Brad? Do you that's, know the answer that's Disney. That? Okay, Disney Animation. So that that is a new Disney Animation, Disney animation movie that is coming, uh, I think, exclusively to theaters, if I have that right. House of Gucci is the new movie directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, It stars Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and a bunch of other people. Licorice Pizza is a new film from Paul Thomas Anderson that uh, we actually have a review up on the site right now if you want to read that. West Side Story, of course, the remake from Steven Spielberg. It's coming out in December. 
Don't Look Up is Adam McKay's new movie that stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Being the Ricardos stars uh, Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball and um, who was it? Javier Bardem, I think, as, yes, uh, yes, as Desi Arnaz. Uh, that is coming. Is that an Am? I think it's an Amazon original or a, an Amazon Studios movie. Is that yes. coming to theaters, Brad? Do you it know? is. It's getting a limited theatrical release uh, like a week before it comes to Amazon Prime, I think. Okay, cool. Uh, Red Rocket is the new movie from Sean Baker, who directed The Florida Project a few years ago. That one is, um, I think it's an A24 film. I'm not sure exactly when that one is getting released, but sometime in the, the very near future. Swan Song is an Apple TV uh, Apple TV Plus movie starring Mahershala Ali, uh, Naomi Harris, and uh, Glenn Close. Uh, let's see. Nightmare Alley is the new movie from Guillermo del Toro. That's a remake of like a 1940s uh, sort of twisted carnival thriller type of thing. Uh, the Tender Bar, I believe George Clooney directed this one. It stars Ben Affleck and Ty Sheridan. Almost done here. The Matrix, Res- Matrix Resurrections is the new movie from Lana Wachowski, which brings back Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. The Tragedy of Macbeth stars Denzel, Denzel Washington and um, uh, who is the Oscar-winning actress in The Tragedy of Macbeth. I'm doing all of this off the top of my head, Brad. Is it Frances um, McDormand? It is, yes. Thank you for the <laughs> Um The King's Man is the, uh, is the, what, like prequel story to the Kingsman franchise that has been delayed and delayed and delayed. I think that's coming to theaters sometime yeah, very soon. Yeah, Ray Fiennes is in that. Yes. Uh, A Journal for Jordan is directed by Denzel Washington and stars Michael B. Jordan. Uh, and that's like a, a um, I think he's, he plays a soldier who writes a letter to his uh, his newborn child or something along those lines. And then finally, Spider-Man No Way Home, new movie from John Watts, the Marvel film that uh, busts open the multiverse and incorporates a bunch of old Spider-Man, uh, even pre-MCU Spider-Man characters and, and storylines into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ooh, all right. So sorry for the, uh, the long monologue there, but let's go uh, through these, Brad. And since I've been talking for so long, why don't you run down uh, your list for me? Tell me what you're looking forward to. I can definitely do that. Um, I'll start off by telling you a movie that I was looking forward to, and then I saw it last night, and I, I am unfortunately woefully disappointed with the outcome. Oh, no. Um, and that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, this is a movie that I wanted to love. I'm a diehard Ghostbusters fan, as has been mentioned many times on this podcast and elsewhere on SlashFilm.com. And even in the face of mixed reviews, I was like, you know what? No, I still think this is going to appeal to me. It's going to hit my sweet spot. I'm going to love it. But... Um, uh, my review just went live today, and unfortunately, uh, even though it has a fresh direction for the franchise and brings to, into play some very interesting uh, characters and, and a family dynamic, it suffocates under the weight of its own nostalgia. And I was somebody who was hungry for some of that nostalgia to dig back into the original Ghostbusters franchise, but when it comes to the third act, which I will not spoil here, uh, it's just executed very clumsily and feels like a mess and does some things that I didn't really appreciate and don't feel earned or organic uh, in any way. And it ruins any of the goodwill established in the first two thirds of the movie, which is actually for the most part, very enjoyable with the exception of just some little nitpicks that I have. Um, I was hoping for the best and just just, the third act just really sucked the wind out of my sails. And uh, I, I feel, 
I feel bad having written a bad review because I wanted to love this movie so much. So yeah, I know you're really looking forward to this, man. I'm I'm bummed to hear because if you didn't like this movie, like sort of unreservedly, then I feel like that uh, that does not necessarily bode well for people who are not even you know like hardcore Ghostbusters fans. Yeah, so. for what it's worth, Ryan Scott, another slash film writer who doesn't have the same reverence for the original Ghostbusters as I do, uh, and is a big blockbuster fan in general, came away mostly enjoying it. So your mileage may vary. Um, our own Eric Vespi also mostly enjoyed it in spite of the, the same flaws that I, I mentioned. Um, I just, I think I was just hoping for something a little bit more, uh, cohesive and that, I don't know. Yeah. You, you guys, everyone will have to see when they see the movie and I'll be doing a spoiler review on Monday too, to dig deep into the things that really irked me, uh, about this movie. And I don't even say that I, I hate this movie. I just feel disappointed in it. And, and it makes me sad that I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. Okay, so let's transition into some things that you're actually excited about seeing. So uh, tell me what the first thing on your list is. The first thing on my list is uh, Licorice Pizza. That's coming up uh, very soon. I believe November 26th is when it comes out in theaters. And uh, I'm hoping that it's uh, going to be going wide right away because I don't want to wait for it. I I want to see it. Um, I'm hoping a press screening comes sometime before then. But uh, this is the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I am a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I look forward to each and every movie that he makes. And this one looks fantastic. Uh, it's a, a coming of age romance. There's some some showbiz stuff mixed in there. Uh, Bradley Cooper's in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman, is in it. And it just looks so wonderful and promising and weird the way that Paul Thomas Anderson movies are without losing meaning or significance. And uh, our own Chris Evangelista has, has seen it and it sounds very promising. So I, uh, I can't wait to see this one. Awesome. Uh, let's see. How should we do this, Brad? Should I say one of mine? We'll yeah. go back and forth. Okay, we'll ping pong this. Um, so one of my choices is uh, The Power of the Dog, which I mentioned before is the uh, the next movie from Jane Campion, who has directed a bunch of things and recently has been sort of off in the world of TV making uh, Top of the Lake. Did you ever see that show by any chance, Brad? I have, I have not. It's very good. Very, very good. I mean, it's a little bleak, uh, actually very bleak at times. But um, in the world of uh, prestige TV, I I would say um, Top of the Lake is definitely worth checking out. Great uh, Elizabeth Moss performance at the center of that. But this movie has um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith-McPhee, Thomas and McKenzie, Keith Carradine, uh, Francis Conroy, a great cast. Uh, It's a Western, and so I'm excited about that. I'm I'm a big Western fan. Um, And uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, it's set in Montana. I want to say it was shot in like New Zealand or somewhere like that. Yeah. Shot in New Zealand. So that ought to be interesting because like the, uh, the typical, you know, American Southwest, uh, landscape is so closely associated with the visual aesthetic of, of what we sort of, um, assume Westerns to be. So even though this movie was filmed in uh, New Zealand and set in Montana, I wonder sort of what the what the um i guess the the landscape component is going to bring to this thing but yeah i've heard great things about this it's played at a lot of film festivals and stuff and seems to be uh one of the the locks for best picture nomination you know this early on in the process i think the oscars aren't until like march of next year or something so we have quite a lot of time left but uh this movie's been racking up um accolades so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking that one out when it comes to netflix i think it's getting a limited theatrical release uh Let's see, uh, November 17th. So what is that? Tomorrow. Oh, wow. And then um, December 1st, it comes to Netflix. So keep that one on your radar. Uh, let's go back to you, Brad. What, are you, what else are you looking forward to? 
Um, I'm going to toss up Tick, Tick, Boom right now because uh, this is a movie that I honestly have not dug into. I haven't even watched um, like the, the trailer for it yet. And everything I've heard about it, though, sounds like it's going to be this incredible musical and that Andrew Garfield gives an amazing performance and that there's just a lot of cool stuff happening in it, even for you know for people who aren't diehard theater you know, kid Broadway nuts that it's, it's something special here. So um, this is based on just the buzz that I've seen and would very little know about the movie and uh, award season for me, I actually really enjoy because it's a time where I'm effectively able to uh, ignore some of the marketing for certain movies because I, I don't necessarily have to write about them because other people are because they've already seen them and I can kind of stay low key. And this is one of those movies that I'm looking forward to experiencing without really knowing much going into it. Yeah, I actually just saw this movie uh, a couple days ago, and it's very, very good. I was um, sort of taken aback. I had like almost no expectations. I had heard that Andrew Garfield was good in the movie. So I was kind of expecting that. But I was really like blown away by how fantastic he is in this movie. It's it was it's really like a jaw dropping performance. I'm trying to rack my brain to think if I've if I've seen a better male lead performance in a movie this year. Um, And I don't know, I, I have not you know, like sat down and run the numbers on that, you know, actually like uh, given gone through that thought exercise fully, but um, he is just straight terrific in the movie and, and the film around him is, is pretty good as well. So uh, I look forward to, to hearing what you think about that one after you get a chance to check it out. Um, let's see. Next up on my list is Nightmare Alley, which is Guillermo del Toro's next movie. Like I mentioned before, it's an adaptation of a book that came out in the forties. There was a 1947 movie that came out um, that was, I, I saw not too long ago and, really enjoyed. Um, but man, the cast in this one is just terrific too. Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Rooney Mara, Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, Clifton Collins Jr., Tim Blake Nelson. I mean, like the list just goes on and on there. So uh, having seen the 47 version, I have a pretty good idea of what to expect here. But um, watching the trailer and, and doing a trailer breakdown for Slash Film for uh, Del Toro's version, it looks like he's straying from the movie version a little bit and sticking closer to the novel, which I have not read. So I'm, I'm curious what those differences are going to be. And um, the story, like I said, yeah, it's just like this twisted carnival kind of uh, psychological thriller type of thing. So uh, it's a little bit darker than a lot of the stuff that um, Del Toro has been making recently. So I'm very, very curious about that one. Uh, back to you, Brad. Uh, the Matrix Resurrections. I simply cannot contain my hype for this movie. This was something that I was uh, hesitant about. I was like, do we really need to go back to the Matrix? You know, Matrix Revolutions was uh, a trilogy conclusion that kind of didn't satisfy me in the way that I hoped it would. Um, In revisiting it, I don't think it's quite as terrible as I used to think it was, but it still isn't as as satisfying as either the first Matrix or even the Matrix Reloaded, which I still love. And I think is only tainted by the fact that Revolutions doesn't perfectly end the franchise as as I hoped it would. But... Uh, the trailer that we've seen for this movie just really got my hopes up. It looks incredible, and I, I'm, I'm feeling like it's going to subvert some of the expectations we have about uh, Lego sequels and uh, these movies that stray close to the familiar beats of the original movies that they're uh, reviving in a way. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, there's something interesting here that will be worth more than just a, a blockbuster revisit, especially considering... All of the other, you know, familiar uh, reboots and legacy sequels that we've had recently, including Ghostbusters Afterlife. So my my hopes are high for that one. 
100% right there with you. Uh, let's see. My next one is West Side Story. I mean, this one pretty much speaks for itself. I'm just very curious to see what Spielberg does with this movie. He's never made a musical before. Uh, he's cited West Side Story as a big influence on him and a project that he's loved for a long, long time. Um, I mean, simply put, West Side Story, the original, is like one of the best American movies ever made, one of the best uh, musicals, certainly. And um, just the the, uh, the balls that Spielberg has to, to uh, set this movie in his sights. Um, I, I'm just really uh, <laughs> wondering if if there's a quote unquote reason for this new movie to exist. Um, I mean, I I know that the casting is is a big thing, like the uh, sort of writing the historical wrongs of the representation element of that original film. Um, but beyond that, I'm really really wondering if there's anything else here. And uh, and Spielberg, you know, he. Uh, underestimate him at your own peril um he's made some some iffy choices in the past few years uh but man like when he is when he is in the pocket there's not much better than just watching a perfectly executed steven spielberg movie so when's the last time you watched the original uh not too long ago actually like um i think they they played it at the uh turner classic movies film festival like earlier this year i want to say it was like this past summer or something and i had not seen it I saw it when I was like 15 and then I saw it earlier this year and was just like completely blown away by how great the original was. So um, yeah, I would recommend anybody if you're just like uh, eager for this new one and haven't revisited or haven't ever seen the original, just watch the original to hold you over because uh, there's so much to grab onto in that movie. Yeah, I've been wondering and thinking about whether I want to rewatch the original before I see the remake or if I want to see the just the remake and having not seen the original West Side Story in, in years. So uh, you might have convinced me to, to watch it ahead of time. Oh, it's so good. It's like the visuals, the the colors, the dancing, the choreography is just like unreal. And I know that they're, I think it's worth watching, Brad, because, because I know that this new movie is not going to use the choreography from the original. And that's such a huge part of like the, the fabric of that movie. So I think it'll be uh, a different enough experience um, just based on that element alone that it, it won't feel too much like you're just watching and rewatching the same exact thing in the same way. So um, yeah, I'd recommend it. Uh, what's next for you? Uh, next for me is uh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm just going to be a basic bitch and go with another big blockbuster coming this year because I just get excited for these around the holidays and that's Spider-Man No Way Home. There's so much hype around this movie uh, because of the rumors surrounding it. And there's, uh, so much talk from Andrew Garfield being inundated with questions and uh, all of the little teases that have come out so far from the trailer. And there's a, there's a new one coming sometime uh, after we record this podcast today. So we'll have plenty more about this to talk about in the, the coming days. But I'm, I'm just excited because of how this will be diving into the multiverse in another way and uh, utilizing Doctor Strange again in a... Um, in a different capacity than what we've seen before, you know, uh, having him do be, be a big part of this plot where he's, you know, essentially erasing the knowledge that uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man from everybody's mind and wreaking havoc on the entire Marvel cinematic universe is such a big idea. And it's so cool that we get to see it on the big screen. I'm just hoping that all of the rest of the stuff that is supposed to be included from the other Spider-Man movies uh, doesn't weigh it down and isn't too, too much to make this work on its own. Uh, as a standalone movie. I hope it's, it's you know, it only strengthens it and makes the story that much more interesting rather than taking the spotlight. Yeah, I am going to be a basic bitch right alongside you, Brad. I, you know, when we set out to make these lists, I wanted to try to 
for each of us to pick different movies, but the power of Spider-Man No Way Home is uh, is too much. I had to put it on my list as well, just because there's so much going on in this movie. It looks like totally insane. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I am I am <laughs> like on the edge of my seat to to see this movie in a way that you know I'm I love Marvel stuff, but not nearly as much as you guys and some of the other you know people that we have on the podcast all the time. So uh, like Peter in particular, but um, and I think Jacob might even be like a bigger Marvel fan than I am. But I'm like, uh, I feel like a, I feel like I felt in 2004 when Spider-Man 2 was coming out. I'm just like really eager to, to see this movie. So, um, yeah, that one, that one is also on my list. So let's go back to you for, uh, I think the final question mark movie on your list. Uh, yeah. So, um, don't look up, which is Adam McKay's new movie. That's a satire about uh, some kind of catastrophic world-ending event and the government's. Uh, terrible reaction to it. Um, uh, there's been some talk about uh, in our Slack and I, around the internet about this movie lacking any subtlety, but I, for me, like that's the point, and I think that's one of the reasons I love Adam McKay is he's not afraid to lean into satire in a way that is obvious, but it still works. Um, he did some of this in Vice, which was uh, partially a, a straightforward uh, dramatic biopic about Dick Cheney, but with these smatterings of uh, straight up satire, almost sketch worthy satire, which is great because Adam McKay has this this history of working at Saturday Night Live and uh, Anchorman, and you could you can start to see some of his um, more recent predilections in storytelling in Anchorman Two, which uh, I, I think even though it doesn't quite measure up comedically to the original Anchorman, it does some very smart things as a comedy, especially for the kind of comedy that is by uh, providing such. Um, satirical and goofy commentary on the dawn of uh, the 24-hour cable news uh, network and just what what has become infotainment, essentially. And with Vice, he took it into a more serious direction. And this, I think, is uh, a mix of kind of Vice and Anchorman and the way that he's doing it that uh, reminds me of Dr. Strangelove. And I hope that this is something that does have a lot of last, but does also come with, you know, some very sharp commentary and, and insights as well. Because Adam McKay is a smart guy. Um, if you follow him, like, on Twitter and stuff like that, he's always tweeting uh, about politics and economics and all this stuff. And so these are things that he fully understands. He's not just, you know, a, a comedy funny guy making silly uh, jokes with his friend. And so uh, this is something that I'm really looking forward to, especially because it has such a huge, impressive cast that includes Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep. Uh, ton- tons of people are in this movie and so I'm, I'm very excited to see how it turns out yeah definitely man i mean i, I think back to like for me i think the moment where adam mckay sort of flipped that switch was like the right in the middle of the other guys from 2010 yeah <laughs> like the the back half of that movie you know it goes into like the securities and exchange commission and like all that it gets it gets kind of serious in in a way where he's just like taking the you know taking people to task in a way that he would do you know in in his later movies but um that movie that the other guys i think is like a really interesting timepiece of like uh adam mckay as an artist just sort of charting the things that he's interested in talking about as a filmmaker you can almost see him working those things out in real time so um maybe worth a, a revisit for people who haven't seen that one in a while uh, all right, last on my list is Swan Song. Uh, I'm cheating here, Brad, because I actually have seen this movie already. Uh, I had a chance to speak with uh, Naomi Harris, who's the the female lead, and um, Benjamin Cleary, who wrote and directed this movie. He's making his feature debut with this film, and it is uh, it is just a terrific, terrific movie. It is, I think, my favorite movie 
about cloning. So the the have you even seen a trailer for this? Because I never really even heard of this movie until probably like a week ago. No, I, I haven't uh, heard much about this one. So I wasn't even aware that, that it was uh, a high concept sci-fi kind of movie. Yeah, so Mahershal Ali plays this guy who is diagnosed with uh, some sort of terminal illness. And the movie is about him keeping that information secret from his family. And he goes to this facility that's overseen by Glenn Close. And she presents him with this opportunity to essentially create a a perfect replica of him and uh, install all of his memories into this clone. So this clone can replace him without his family ever knowing. Um, and, And just, it's essentially like he... Uh, he and his family are able to go on with their lives, but it's it's about the the sort of inherent tension in there being two of these people at the same time, and the the real guy, the the prime version of the character, coming to grips with like whether or not he actually wants to die and let you know this other version uh, of himself, even though it's supposed to be the identical version, take over his life essentially, and and what sort of sacrifice that is, um, you know, for him and his family and, and whether or not he, uh, wants to actually go through with it. And it's, it's a really, really, um, beautifully, uh, executed movie. Like the performances, Mahershala Ali is just, uh, this is the first time that he's ever been in, he's ever been a lead in a movie. Like he already has two Oscars and he is, you know, one of the, the better actors of the past, let's call it what, five or 10 years or something. And it never even really, um, occurred to me that he's never been a lead in a film before and this like relatively small scale apple tv plus drama is that movie and uh man he really just rises to the occasion playing dual roles and um it's it's a, a really 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 good movie so i just I, I feel like this is one of those films that's probably going to fall through the radar or fall through the cracks rather for a lot of people um the apple tv plus of it all does not help because i know not everybody subscribes to that service um, I'm not sure if this is going to get a theatrical release, really, or a, a big one anyway. But I just want to do whatever I can to sort of put this on people's radar as early as possible, because I think this is a movie that I'm certainly I'm going to be talking about for the rest of the year. So uh, it's called Swan Song. It's very, very good. And I encourage you to check it out. So, um, Brad, before we go, uh, are there any honorable mentions that you wanted to call out? Yeah, so there's a couple movies that I, um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about, but I'm hesitant to like be really fully excited about them. Uh, one of them is Being the Ricardos. Um, I, I love Aaron Sorkin as a writer. I think he's been uh, pretty decent as a director. Um, but this movie I'm not entirely sold on simply because I feel like Nicole Kidman's casting is extremely distracting because the makeup prosthetic that she's wearing just looks very weird to me. And I'm just not sure that she was the best uh, actress for, for that role. And I kind of feel similarly about Javier Bardem in a way, because it doesn't feel like he is fully investing in like emulating Desi Arnaz, because uh, even though Javier Bardem has an accent of his own, it's not the same as Desi Arnaz. And he doesn't seem to be trying to do that either. It seems like he's just more or less uh, doing his own, you know, voice and still acting like Desi Arnaz. But Sorkin is such a good writer and like writing within the frame of showbiz, especially about a classic show like I Love Lucy is so fascinating um, to me that I I can't help but at least be rather interested. But I'm just uh, I just don't know if it's going to work out. So I'm hoping for the best, but I'm trying to keep my excitement in check there. 
Yeah. Uh, I think I agree with all of that. Um, any other honorable mentions? Uh, so this is a weird one, and this be, this purely beca- um, comes from a recommend recommendation from uh, Mike Ryan, who is uh, a friend of mine and writes at Uproxx. And he recently tweeted because he wasn't allowed to to talk about like do a full review yet that there was a movie he saw that was a big movie that he wasn't expecting and didn't even care about and ended up loving it. And it's The Kingsman. So I am now excited about the Kingsman because I wasn't <laughs> expecting anybody to be excited about this movie because it seemed like, yeah, whatever prequel to Kingsman, the secret service, we get it. Let's, you know, whatever. Uh, but based on his reaction, cause it, it, it takes, you know, something to get Mike Ryan uh, excited about a movie like that. And so that to me personally, that was something that I was like, okay, maybe I need to pay attention to this movie and see what, uh, what it's about. Yeah. I mean, I guess at the very least, it seems like it could be doing something kind of bonkers and taking a big swing. Like Rasputin is the villain. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten. I kind of like checked out on the Kingsman because we'd seen so many trailers and it had been promoted for so long and delayed and delayed. And I just sort of like lost interest over time. But uh, yeah, it's, that's a good sign that somebody <laughs> enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to add that one to my list as well. But uh, for me, it's it's movies that um, I think are all three are, have already been released and I just haven't seen yet. So Spencer, Last Night in Soho, and the French uh, the French Dispatch are the three that I have not like really caught up with and um, that I'm looking forward to. I think more than a lot of the stuff that that we've mentioned on our list, like Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh movie, I think is technically the the front runner for the uh, best picture, whatever that means this early out. Um, you know, this far out from, from the actual Oscar ceremony, but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of more intrigued with like Edgar Wright's new movie and Wes Anderson's new movie. Um, you know, just personally. So are you going to see those uh, in theaters? Are you, are you ready to go back yet? Or are you waiting until they come out on like VOD home video? So I saw the last duel in theaters like a few weeks ago where I went because uh, there's a theater that's probably like five minutes away from my house. And I, I was the only person in the theater and at like an 8 p.m. showing. And it was really great. I love that experience. And then since then, um, I have been the, the timing just hasn't worked out for me to go back to the theater. And now I'm like, ah, I want to get my booster shot before I go back. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find time to, to see those in theaters. Um, I'm also part of a, uh, a films, a film critics association. Now, uh, the Southeastern, uh, film critics association based on you know, moving back to Florida. So, um, maybe I'll get like screeners for some of this stuff and, and see it at home. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to catch up with this stuff, but I, I really hope to before, uh, we cast our votes for, you know, the, the organization like next month, I think for, for all the, the awards and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens, but, uh, any closing thoughts here, Brad, anything else as you look over this list of movies that we didn't mention that you're kind of like, is there one that you're particularly like, Oh, I have no interest in that on, on the things that are coming up. Oh gosh. Um, no interest whatsoever. I, I don't think so. I at least have like some passing interest in pretty much all the movies that we, uh, we talked about. I would say mo- the movies that I mostly have no interest in are, are like the, the cheesiest holiday movies that are coming to Netflix and <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, all these movies we talked about, I'm definitely interested in seeing and hopefully we'll have time to see them before the year is over. 
Cool. All right. So yeah, I'm going to link to your Ghostbusters Afterlife review in the show notes. I'll link to Chris's Licorice Pizza review. If people want to check those out, they can do that there. And that's going to do it for us today on Slash Film Daily. You can find more about the movies that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.